Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettebonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And it's almost the end of the semester. We are winding down. Um, a bunch of students... No, you had... I'm trying to think. A bunch of students came to my class last yesterday from a PR exam. Was that your class or somebody else's no, class? No, that was someone else's. Okay. By the way, I can't hear anything through these earphones. Oh. Not that anybody... Not that, not that our listeners need to hear that, but I'm having trouble hearing you. Are we... Is that better? Can you hear it? Yeah, now I can. Yeah, better. A little better. Is that uh, too loud for you? No? Perfect. Okay, good. <laughs> um, no, a bunch of my students uh, came no, in. No, that wasn't mine. Okay, well, they were all going on and on about, like, uh, oh, they, they, one of the frustrations with students is if they study for a test, they study a particular answer, and then the question is not on the test. They get upset about that. Like, they didn't even ask us what the definition of PR was. And I'm like, but now you know the definition of PR. It doesn't matter if it wasn't on the test because you know it because you studied it, and that's the point. That is the point. That's what I always tell students. The point is not to test your knowledge, it's to make you study. And it's funny that you mentioned the PR test because uh, my students just wrote it, and you are always – you always play a guest role on my news release. Oh, do I? Yeah, they had to write a news release. And so every year I I know you can take a joke, and so I amp it up every year. Uh And this year, year the news release is about uh, you are a slam – poet and you are um you're a part of the winnipeg writers festival's slam poetry series and uh you are famous for delivering your poetry dressed in a vegetable costume and you call yourself larry legume when you're delivering your social critiques <laughs> and uh and uh, so i put that so that's in the test and they're like does dan know and i went no nah, i'll tell him on the podcast <laughs> about this before I, before any of this gets how to long him. have you been doing this for well every year i gotta come up with a news release idea right and i like your last name because it's hard to spell oh and so, I, so you know what i mean so, yeah, so that, yeah. that's there we key. go the Winnipeg Writers Festival has an S apostrophe. I like that. Yeah. There's like there's a few there's some good things in there that I like. But then every year I just try to go, all right, what how can we get you build you into this? And this year I also have me providing a quote uh, saying it's a win-win situation, which of course is garbage. It's a terrible <laughs> quote. Because it's, it's slam poetry or right. just because it's a bad situation. It's a win-win. <laughs> and, uh, and then um, Emily makes an appearance uh, as well. And uh, she is a professor of philosophy at the U of M who has something to say about uh, your, your wonderful poetry. Oh, okay. And so they have to perform, formulate it. And I heard I think maybe three people giggle, maybe three out of a class of 20-some. <laughs> So it's all <laughs> words have it. no sense of humor hearing, at this point. Hearing one single student giggle. That's it. That's all. That's what that's I all, for. It's all worth it. All right. Well, we're not going to continue talking about creative communications today. We are oh, talking about our really because I have some beefs. Well, okay, no, no, no. All right. We'll save that for I a different episode. I have some episode. beefs and bouquets. Is this a? <laughs> isn't this where Charles Adler works? That's right. Um, no, but we're going to talk about Christmas advertisements. It is the season. Uh, we're just a few short weeks away from the uh, the big holiday of the year, Christmas, and of course Hanukkah and all the other holidays. Star come. Wars Day. Star Wars Day. Yeah, that's a new Life Day, as yeah. they say. Um, so <laughs> this is all coming up pretty soon. And and something I thought. Uh, we saw an ad uh, last week that kind of made me think about all the Christmas ads um, that I remember from when I was a kid. And you say you don't remember any. You told me that as well, you're starting. No, I, I remember some, but I can't remember loving a Christmas ad. I cannot remember. I just remembered another one that I have to look up now. All right. No, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I used to really like the uh, animated, you know, the claymation animated uh, Christmas movies. Yeah, they're, like they're uh, all, Rudolph yeah, Red-Nosed yeah. Reindeer. I love those. I live for those, but I don't recall... Like, you know, I was just, as a kid, I was just motivated for ads for Star Wars toys, and I didn't care what time of year they ran. I just remember yeah. seeing ads for Star Wars toys and running 
waking my parents up and going, uh, Greedo is in the canteen. And they're like, well, we're trying to sleep. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get into that in a second. But first, we're going to get into some nerd news. Nerd news. So we had a new trailer drop this week of uh, the new. Do you know which trailer I'm going to say? I guess it was a bunch of trailers. Uh, uh, James Bond. Oh yeah, no, no, I didn't watch that one. I was talking about the Black Widow trailer. Did you watch the Black Widow trailer? I watched James Bond. You watched James. Oh, <laughs> okay, fine. We'll talk about James Bond. Let's watch. No, no, it. no, no. Watch a. Uh, well, I was going to say. Yeah, so, let's watch so Black, Black, Black Widow. Widow. I want to okay, see we it. We can watch Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, to truth be told, I went to look at movie trailers uh, last night, and uh, that one was not in the Apple trailer. It just dropped like two days ago. I did. I did not. Well, maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. But uh, James Bond was the. Yeah, I'm not as I'm not as into James Bond as I used to be. I don't like no, it as I, much. No, I agree. I mean, I uh, like him. I have nothing against Daniel Craig's him. Daniel Craig's fine. Yeah. Sorry, total Wi-Fi. Uh, I'll turn that yeah, off. Yeah, I, I like going. Daniel Craig, but I'm not. I like. I think we've we've had so many James Bond movies that we are kind. We kind of know where they go and what they're yeah. like and what happens in them. So uh, yeah, so I'm not, I watched it and it was good. But I did not watch this. Okay, is this good? Uh, we'll see. Let's is this, look. this is Black Widow, the movie or the TV? This is the movie. The t- the movie. Uh, it's not a TV show. Um, Scarlett Johansson uh, has her own movie. It only took ten years for her to get her own movie, and um, it's coming out in uh, I believe it's March or May or something like that. It'll tell us on the trailer. Right. Here. Let's watch it. I used to have nothing. Sorry, huh. I was looking up something and I forgot to, to stop the thing. All right, what do you think? 
<laughs> I like the music. I it's thought the music's kind of nice cool. It's nice to see a woman beating the shit out of each other like men normally. Right. Do. So yeah. it's a refreshing change of pace. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that David Harbour is going to steal the show. When I as yeah. whatever he is. What, I'm yeah, to, what I was, is he? I was, I was trying was, to look up his is to see which superhero he is. I I think Crimson Dynamo maybe uh, is. Uh, what other? What other? Um, oh, here we go. Red Guardian. Oh. Former husband of Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow, faked his own death. Uh, well, that's obviously her dad. Maybe they're changing it a little bit. Hmm. But I think it is supposed to be Red, Red Guardian. Uh, but yeah, like I clearly, the thing I took away from this is clearly David Harbour is one of those actors who's willing to gain and lose weight as necessary for the role because mostly gain. Well, I mean, he did get into shape for Hellboy. Like that is uh, that was the one where he kind of got ripped and and had the muscle. Did you ever see that Hellboy? By the way, the, yeah. Uh, it, you know what? It was. Okay, too much CGI yeah. in my opinion, but uh, it would have been fine if there it had been the first Hellboy movie ever. It would have been fine, but it wasn't, and so therefore, not great. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this. I'm glad to see some some the Marvel universe still exists. The Marvel Cinematic Universe still exists after Iron Man dies. Uh, clearly, this is although she dies too in the in the uh, End Game. So clearly, this is a flashback movie. Well, yeah, but is it? Flashback to when? Like I don't know. When, what? Yeah, the the time period is confusing. I'm sure they'll make it clear in the movie yeah. when when that is. No, uh, I think the movie starts with her like looking up from laying on the ground at the end of Avengers and go <laughs> and go. Wait a sec. Yeah, things aren't what they seem. That's right. <laughs> it was all a terrible dream. Uh, that's it. Yeah, exactly. The whole yeah. thing with Thanos and everything. It was just, just a dream. <laughs> that's how oh, that would not be great. Oh man. <laughs> oh, I dare Marvel to do that. No, they're not. Come on, do it. Do it. Um, they made all their money off that movie. What do they care? So, I mean, overall, people are liking the trailer. I think uh, the one thing that jumps out at me is the music. I really like that kind of like it's kind of a cool sounding uh, track. Um, and, yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. I, but I, I'm sort of, uh, you know, I kind of uh, feel like a Martin Scorsese more and more. The more of these movies that come out. The more I ask myself why we need them. What did, what did he what did he say exactly? It was some well, kind of he thing. said they're not cinema. That's the that's the Whatever. they're not cinema. They're they're uh, something else. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> There's something other than cinema. Well, and I, I was like, uh, are they a meal? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Animals? No. Minerals? No. Uh, no. But. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a little you know how many do how many do we need uh, can we take a, take a break no Make no us no hunger for they're them. gonna run this into the ground I yeah, think that I now that yeah. we pass the main kind of thrust of the Avengers saga we're gonna start getting these and I don't know if they're gonna again build towards something else I don't know what they could possibly do because I think they're pretty much done with Avengers as yeah. a, as a franchise. Well, that group of them, they're done with. I but guess. Do a, they can do a different one, a different Avengers. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, the comics did that. There's a, like, yeah. The source material is endless, so they could do whatever true. they want, Very true. really. But so, we'll they see. They could even reboot the whole d- oh, damn God, franchise. I hope they don't. I, I, if there's anything that we've learned from Spider-Man and Hellboy, oh, is yeah. that you should not reboot well, too soon or ever, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that the... I mean the uh, the current iteration of Spider Man pr- works pretty well, I think. Yeah. But we didn't need that our Andrew Garfield version of it, um, and then the same thing we didn't need that Hellboy with uh, David Harbour either. Uh, but they made it anyway because but they thought they'd make some money. I actually think even Star Wars, like uh, franchises, benefit from scarcity. I think like well, it, like scarcity being a concept that I don't think it exists. I saw I watched this um, uh, old Siskel and Ebert show the other day where they reviewed. Rocky two, ah, okay, so so okay. so, and it's worth, and you can find it on YouTube, and uh, and uh, 
there and basically they start with the premise like Gene Siskel's like most sequels are pointless and vacuous and even having a sequel is a terrible idea that we've weighed in on in the past having sequels is bad because there's no point and it's just a cheap cash in but i'm happy to report that rocky 2 is actually good and they're like it's actually a good movie and it's good and it's fine and you know i hear they're gonna make a rocky 3 and you know what i don't mind because there's still these movies are so sweet and wonderful and then it's like with the benefit of and what did ebert yeah. say and then ebert's like yeah I agree. Sequels what? are sequels are terrible. But this Rocky 2 sequel's pretty good. So they give it two thumbs up. But and they're like, yes, I you know, a third Rocky's not a bad idea. Then I'm like, I'm thinking, now when, you know, now with the benefit of knowing where the Rocky fran like just how far you can take sequels and a franchise and yeah. entire like they it's such an innocent time seeing them talking about uh, Rocky too. That's actually know? a perfect segue into our main segment here because the commercial that got us st- is getting us started in this is a brand new ad from Xfinity and it's called a holiday reunion and this dropped last week on the internet wherever. It's a four minute long video. We're not going to watch the whole thing, but we'll just play a few a uh, few seconds of it here. You really, you really, it's not really just music at this point. There's some kids outside. Well, I know, but it's they can't dark. see the people it's on the podcast. We'll, we'll link to this under yeah. the show notes it's, underneath. It's dark and Here foreboding. There's a flashlight. We've seen uh, someone who looks familiar, <laughs> yet strangely older. We see a snowman, and we see a little alien. An al- it's E.T. I like the commentary. Keep going. The children are a trifle piqued by the awkward situation when a grown-up Elliot comes running out and hugs. Elliot. You came back. My son. My family. <laughs> now they're showing him around. Oh, the plants come back. I guess they can't. They really can't take care of flowers, can they? What happened to Elliot's brother and sister? Did they die? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Drew, Drew Barrymore and who was who played the brother? I don't remember. The kid who's singing the Elvis Costello song. <laughs> like that kid. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, this is the the ad is a four minute sequel to ET. Essentially, is what we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. So basically, Elliot's all grown up. He has a family. Uh, ET comes in. He still likes Reese's Pieces. He brings the flower back to life. What else is there? It's kind of cool. I kind of liked it. It actually works as a sequel. It's actually pretty good. That's all we need is a four-minute. Now he puts him in a VR headset, so he's, like, looking around. That's kind of fun. There's, like, it it does kind of work just as a short little thing. We didn't get a sequel to E.T., which is interesting considering the time period when E.T. came out was just when Hollywood started to go sequel crazy in that early 80s. They never did a sequel to E.T., but this this is what we get. Well, the, the the plus side of this is it's cool. It's well done. It's a hard tone to carry off. The, what they do here, it's a difficult thing to make work, and yet they do make it work. The special effects look good. They got the licensing rights to the music, to everything. They got Henry Thomas back? Yeah, they got, they got a lot. The downside of this is this would have been nice in a movie. 
That's what I was thinking. You would, I don't know what what kind of story would there be? What what would it be the, the oh. other than a holiday reunion? Which is what happens here. He comes for Christmas and then he goes back to his planet essentially. Well, I think it would be um, the trials and tribulations of the middle aged Elliot, and uh, he'd still <laughs> he's be in trouble at work. He's got a boss that's on his case all the time. Peter Coyote is still following him around <laughs> with his keys and flashlights wherever he goes. And then at the very at the very end, they there needs to be a scenario. Where the grown-up Elliot and his kids are in a car, and and it, and it lifts off. Well, they, they recreate yeah. the bike thing in this yeah. ad, which is kind of cool, right? They've got these kind of yeah. cool glowing hologram balls. It, but it actually looks like the special effects from the era. Like it does. Like this shot right here yeah. of him like, looking out in the moonlight, yeah. this looks just like it's from the original film. So yeah. they, they, they did a great job no, with they re- it. Do, do we know who directed this? I don't know. It it's, not, it's not Spielberg. I mean, it's not Spielberg, <laughs> but it, it wouldn't be hard to recreate. Spielberg had the original ver- vision, so I just want to get. But I actually go. think when I look at this, it's very well done. It's it 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 doesn't look like a cheap ad. No, it looks like they. It looks like uh, a lot of thought went into this. Thought and money. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like here's okay. I'm gonna read a, a comment from Chris Schiffman who tweeted at us when we shared this on Twitter. Even better than a billion-dollar sequel that would contain 40 references to the original film is a commercial with 40 references to the original film for Comcast services. And he says, the damn Halloween Polaroid is on the fridge at the end. So I don't know where that is. I missed that. What fridge is he talking about here? All right. Oh, there. Oh, there we go. Oh, there's a yeah. This is when they take the photo in. um, Oh, the original. I didn't catch that. That's kind of cool. That's from the first. Yeah. first movie. Oh, that's they very cool. They take the picture and he falls down. Yeah, remember? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, and, we have a. We and have he a, sees Yoda. He sees Yoda. <laughs> We've come full circle. And we see the uh, the uh, ticket stub here for black holes at the planetarium. Maybe that's a hint as to how he travels here through black holes. Anyway, we're reading too much into this. So that, that's a fun little commercial ad, and it's for Xfinity, which is something we don't get here in Canada. So we have it has no relevance to us as consumers. We can't sign up for Xfinity. Uh, we can just enjoy this as a piece of content. That's right, and I do enjoy it as a piece of content. And I wonder if this is the kind of thing that might show up at the uh, Can Ad Awards. I next bet, year. I bet you it will. Yeah, I guess it is it. well done. Yeah. like it is not. It does not appear to be just be a cheap cash in. No, no, it's, yeah. it's a good. I, I don't. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to this kind of an idea. You know, I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with bringing back a story like this just for one brief peek into what could have been. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, this got me thinking of Christmas commercials and. This is not something that really happens no. as much with the death of television advertising. And I would say this is content marketing. Yeah, like it's not is... television necessarily, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not. It's, it's it's web. It's on. It's on. Uh, this has like, but, however, eleven million views, almost twelve million do, views on YouTube. Do we get the Xfinity logo at the end of this um, or not? Like how 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 uh, branded is this? Yep. Oh yeah, we do. There we go. Xfinity. Okay. I saw people online saying, "What a cheap cash in," you know, all that stuff. <laughs> but you know what it is. And I, it, the same thing happened at the Ad Awards this year, which is a beautiful film unfolds just like this. The logo pops up at the end, and it's like Kit Kat. <laughs> and then, uh, and then this year, I, and I won't say who this is, but a person who you know was sitting in front of me this year at the Ad Awards, and uh, they showed an, once again a beautiful piece of content marketing. And then Budweiser uh, popped up, and he went watery beer. Or something he said super loud. Watery beer. It was beer. for watery beer, this whole thing. 
And, and that's what happens. When, that's, the, that's called uh, the OIC moment in a piece of content marketing where you're like, oh, it's an ad. Well, it, the funny thing is, okay, so that person equates the brand of Budweiser with yeah. watery beer. I don't equate Xfinity with anything because I've never yeah. used it. I don't even know. Is it what cable is it? service? Is that what it is? Uh, is it like, a, or, or is it like Shaw Cable for us? Probably smartphone and oh. bundled. It's probably well, they, bundled. They, they spend a lot of time watching movies in the ad. Like There's a point at which they're sitting down to watch a Christmas movie, and he's yeah. choosing. He's using a remote, to like the voice remote, to pick oh, a thing. Oh, right? good they're, for so you So they show a little bit of the product that. in yeah. there. Um, so, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's a cable service is what we're talking about here. So anyway, this got me thinking about our, my favorite TV ads. Um, it doesn't happen these days. Of course, we don't watch TV advertisements as much, so I'm not seeing them. The ones I'm seeing, and if I can just take a minute to vent about one of my, my most hated ad of this year so far, are those awful 7-Eleven ads. Have you seen them? No. During uh, Jets games. You see them, see them must, all during Jets games? I must games? have, but what are they? Well, it's, it's, there's a series of them and it says, um... We all need to save some money every all every once in a while. Uh, stealing your neighbor's Wi-Fi not a good idea. Going to 7-Eleven is. That's the and it's a guy. It shows a guy like on a couch stealing his neighbor's Wi-Fi, and they say we changed the Wi-Fi password, and he like hides the computer, and then he gives you a kind of a sideways thumbs up. Going to 7-Eleven is, and then he walks into 7-Eleven, and then they give us a a deal at 7-Eleven, like two two liters for four bucks or something like that. This is and it's all the same kind of premise, but my issue with it. There are many things wrong with this series, but the main thing is that the tagline is going to 7-Eleven is, which is an incomplete sentence, and I don't like it. Stupid. If you were just to is catch stupid. that. Is stupid. Yeah. If you were just to catch that final line, you would have no idea what the context was, and it doesn't mean anything on its own. You need the rest of the ad to make sense, right? And it's dumb anyway. Like, he he steals Wi-Fi. He, steal, he, he tries to... Like he watches uh, aerobics class. He's outside doing aerobics, watching the instructor from the outside. Like he's trying to get it for free. And there's the other one where he steals a coworker's sandwich, which is kind of funnier, but I don't see that one as much. Um, but the idea of like 7-Eleven being a place where you go to save money is not really true to the brand either because they jack up their prices because they're the only thing open in the middle of the night. So it's not really true. It's it's a whatever. I'm getting off track. Don't watch that, or you might have not have a choice because it's on every commercial break. Yeah. Uh, let's go to my favorites. These are some of my favorite uh, ads I, I thought of here. <laughs> Happy holidays from Hershey's Kisses. So that was a bunch of Hershey's Kisses looking like bells. It, it's cool, and it, I just remember that one so. What year are we talking about? That was uh, that ran through the nineties. It, it, it still runs today. Sometimes you still see that one, maybe a modernized version of it. But the idea of these chocolates, like they have the, the Christmas coloring, they look like bells. Very simple idea and executed well, and very memorable, I think. And I don't think that that song cost them any money because I think that, it's a that actually put me in the mind of uh, also in the nineties where all those Target Christmas commercials that people used to just couldn't wait to see musical numbers. Well, and- I, I never because we didn't have Target in that time. I never. Never paid you attention had US to that. Channels. I didn't really. What? Oh. I don't think I did. U.S. I channels on I TV. My parents didn't really do, go for the cable thing. My really? parents, they were cord cutters ahead of their time, or they were just too cheap to have cable. Um, it no. was like an in- information <laughs> vacuum in your house back in the day. Did they like? Did they like print media, or what did they like? No, they liked records. Yeah. Uh, Tapes. We, we didn't get a VHS until about 1989. Because I remember that year because um, I had Batman the movie, the Michael Keaton film. 
on VHS. It was the only tape I owned, and I've seen that movie a million times because of that. But yeah, no, my parents were very, very like not into that kind of stuff, so we did not have American channels. Occasionally, I would I would adjust the rabbit ears just so I could get the um, oh, no. KNRR Fox from uh, from Grand Forks or whatever, so I could watch my anime in the morning. But uh, that was about it. Oh no! Um, but I mean, there were still a lot of stuff Canadian ads that we could watch, and one <laughs> of them being this series from um, uh, Canadian Tire. Spirit of Christmas. Not quite everyone. But Ebenezer, think of all the money you'll save at Canadian Tire. Mmm. Get the 10-pack of Bic razors for only $1.33, or Bic lighters for just 77 cents each. And this reusable hot-touch portable heating pad is only 89 cents. So I can save that much? Come on, give it a try. Fa-la-la-la-la. La-la-la. Oh my God! Give like Santa and save like Scrooge. There we go. That campaign was hugely successful. Uh, they ran it well, for years. Successful in the sense that back in the day, there was only thirteen channels, right. and whatever. If you could pay the money, people would see your ads. Right. So we but, saw it, and we saw it a hundred million times. But they ran it through like that one was from nineteen eighty three, and they ran these through the nineties. There's well, here's one here for ninety five. Oh, this is a funny one. Let's listen to this one. This is the season to spend time with my precious family. It's more about spending your precious money. Uncle Scrooge, I've been saving on all the Yuletide treasures at Canadian Tire. Like this black and decker corded drill. I love the specifics of the products. And you get a real glimpse into the pricing of the time. $35 for a drill. Saving on all these gifts at Canadian time makes me feel all warm, tingly. Maybe it's the eggnog. Canadian time should give like Santa and save like Scrooge. At, at, see, at this point of it, um, Santa was almost like a... There wasn't even any Santa in it. It became the Scrooge show. Scrooge was the star of those ads. Yeah. Right, Santa was just a kind of side note, and eventually they got rid of Santa. He was a miserly. He was telling us not to enjoy Christmas, but then at the same time, save us- save money on Christmas gifts. Yeah, the other thing that always cracks me up is particularly. In uh, classic ads, they're like 77-cent razors and stuff like that. And I love like, it. I love yeah, it. But you're kind of like, the, how much is the ad campaign? And then, and, and, and so you, you're sort of thinking that through. And then, so it's like not a very efficient media buy, but those, of course, are the lost leaders. So you're supposed to go to, like, here is the psychology. 77-cent razors. All right. I, go, I better get to Canadian Tire. I better get in my car and drive to Canadian Tire to get my 77-cent razors. And then when I'm there, maybe I'll buy a television set. It's like a door crasher special. It's kind of like the other, you go there for something yeah. cheap, and then while you're there, the merchandising and the, the displays entice you into buying other things. But the items that they feature are so uh, – not tantalizing. They're so mundane. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very, yeah. yeah. it's so very mundane. Much, here's a drill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> box of old Dutch chips for a dollar or well, something. You're like, Who? I just think it's funny because they can. I think the idea behind that is that I, I don't know this. I'm guessing. So you have the main scene with Scrooge and Santa, and they're doing their lines, and then they cut to, and then they show products there, and then so I think the idea is that they can keep those in, initial scenes and ending scenes the same, and just sub out the different products as they go along. They can change it to make to promote different products. They just have Scrooge voice the, yeah, the, including these razors or something, whatever he says. I can't do his yeah. voice, but you know what I mean. Um, so I think that's the idea of keeping it flexible, so mm-hmm. that they don't have to put a ton of money into production. They just show some product shots, get the guy to voice it, and that's it. And they have another ad for the next year, kind of thing, right? I, but I, I think this is a great glimpse into the past. It's, it's like you can see the pricing <laughs> of the 1980s, how much things cost, um, and it's a lot of fun. Wow, I can't believe razors were only 77 cents. 
How much do they cost now? I don't know. I have a beard. 76 cents. <laughs> they actually went down in price. And now they have way more blades. We That's know right. That, That's right. You have 10 blades on yeah. there. Okay, this is one. This does not have any uh, speaking in it, but this is a very, very memorable one for me as a kid. I just remember this so uh, vividly. So this is a, um, a McDonald's ad, and we're seeing some kids skating around. Oh, there's Ronald. Ronald is skating. Ronald McDonald is skating around. Oh, now we have some animated uh, rabbits. Kids are looking at Ronald. This is bizarre. Animated owl. Oh, they've got a kind of a chain going on here. Oh, this kid is too slow. They're, they're holding hands and skating. He fell down. And now, so they're all having fun. And this one kid's by himself. And he's all sad. Um, oh, look how much fun they're having with Ronald. I, hey. don't, I don't remember this commercial at all. Really? No. Oh, now there's a Bambi. They look like characters from Bambi here. These animated animals. It's kind of a weird thing. And this now, is a bizarre ad. Uh, and now McDonald, uh, Ronald McDonald comes right up to the kid and picks him up. And he's having fun. He's swinging him around. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> and oh that's it. He skates away. There you go. You don't remember that one at all? No. It's oh, so funny. It's so memorable. I just, I don't know why I then just remember Then he brings that. all the kids back to the lodge where he lives, and they were never seen again. <laughs> That's what that looks like. That looks yeah. like an outtake from It Part Two. <laughs> that is one of the most. It looks like you a, should post that. Uh, are you posting? That I'm gonna put it? all these in the show notes, so you guys can can uh, can go down to yeah. the show notes and click on the links. It's bizarre and, uh, and I, watch these as well. <laughs> this has to be somebody who only had Canadian television, because I don't know what this stuff. I've never seen it. <laughs> You're like, let's, let's look at some of our favorite ads. I'm like, I've never seen a single Well, we're also these. quite, you know, we're at different ages. Yeah. We're about, you know, 10 years apart or so. I so got, there's, a, there's a bit of a difference there. I have there. a mind block on Christmas film well, uh, but, ads. I, mean, I can't you, even the think thing of is, any. When I was a kid, so 19, this is, okay, I've got this, um, this long one is seven. We're not going to watch the whole thing. It's seven minutes. 1982 Christmas TV commercials. I was six years old, right? I was watching Saturday morning cartoons. I watched a lot of TV, and it was not cable TV. It was like just the three channels we had. So I was pretty much a captive audience. You watched all the ads. That's what you did back then. This is seven minutes though? Well, no, this is a collection of ads. As, oh, as, so, oh, sorry. So we're going to watch one of them here. Okay, I, just, sorry. I found this one. I thought it was hilarious given the context of it. So this is a Toys R Us ad from 1982. Up, a Toys R Us kid. They got a million toys at Toys R Us. And now defunct uh, brand in the U.S. The new ET cartridge, only thirty-three ninety-seven. Help ET phone home with the Atari video game system. Speaking now, of ET, one twenty-four eighty-seven. <laughs> so go to Toys R Us and have a blast. Toy games, more toys, all right, there we go. That's. I just thought it was funny, given the fact that we were talking about ET, and that's like yeah. one of the worst video games of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that they dug up. That's right. <laughs> That was in the landfill. <laughs> yeah, they made a documentary about it. Yeah. But it was at the time, in 1982, this is when they rushed it out to tie into the movie. The movie came out in 1982. Yeah. So they, they made that game in like a month or something stupid like that. They rushed it out to get into stores. Everybody bought it and then hated it because it's not very easy. There's been people actually have made videos arguing that it's actually a pretty good game when you actually play yeah. it. Um, but because it was not, uh, there was no good, like, it was very, very difficult to figure out, so people did not love that that game. So yeah, I kind of thought that was a funny little uh, glimpse into the past as well. 
Well, that's. Uh, I also. Uh, I, I also like the fact that it, it's actually a precursor almost to the Baby Yoda merch that wasn't ready that's for right. Christmas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very. There's a similarity what there ha- too. What's ha- okay. So let me know what's going on with that. So they, they, there's no Baby Yoda merch out there. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's none because and then Favreau. They kept it a secret. Well, that's right, and that that's what I suggested it was. But now it looks like the wheels of promotion are suddenly spun into overdrive, and Walmart put up. A picture, an error apparently, but they had a picture of the Baby Yoda merch to come, and so they had, uh, and it was like a Baby Yoda in a egg, which is what you want. That's, what we, that's what we pitched last week on Star Wars right. Nerds. And so they, it sort of looks, it's a little sort of, it almost looks like a prototype version, like maybe it wasn't actually produced yet. And then, of course, it it came down later, but not before everybody had their screenshot of the of the of what the, the toy looked like so the toys themselves like the uh, shirt there's shirts and all any matter there's all that stuff that's easy to print and get out fast yeah but the actual toys uh won't be ready for christmas so similar you know similar too it's late a, yeah yeah it'll be too late by the time uh they get these toys out it'll be january and nobody will care anymore the, the could, show will be done you could have moved but you know what i think happened i think they thought that Baby Yoda could be another Porgs or another Jar Jar Binks where there is more merch than interest. Where I, th- I, would, I don't know if Porgs were quite this bad as Jar Jar. Yeah, like, pre- they were pretty bad. Were they? I thought everyone, my kids wanted a Porg toy for Christmas that year. They liked the Porgs. But not to the – there wasn't like the passion well, for now, it. But now because, because there's nothing available, people want it, right? The yeah. supply and demand thing. So like everybody loves Baby Yoda and they're they're just like going nuts for him and there's nothing out there. So and I'm seeing all my artist friends doing their own little drawings yeah. of, of Baby Yoda. And yeah, stuff like little that. So, knitted. Uh, yeah, Baby all Yoda's kinds of stuff. And, people yeah. are doing that. So that's what you're gonna see at all the cons next year. Uh, all the all the the homemade. artists are gonna be doing Baby Yoda stuff. All right, here's another one that I, I, know I distinctly one. remember from uh, from yeah. the. Uh, I think it was the late '80s, early '90s. The additions take for lots of energy now. Ho, 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 ho! You got another one? Ho! Leon's ho, ho, hold the payments event ends soon. So this weekend, for the first time ever, we're putting every item in every showroom on sale. Yo, yo, yo! Take an extra 15% off all our furniture prices. Take an extra 5% off all our appliance and TV prices. Ho, ho, ho! Next. Plus, pay absolutely nothing—not even the taxes—for 15 months. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> that's that's actually, that's a, that was a locally done ad, was it not? I believe so, yes. Because the next yeah. one, you can see the beginning of the next one was going to be uh, 92 City FM ad. I, I, You know what? They used to have more fun on t- local TV creative than they do now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah that's there was, fun. Yeah. You can get away with more. I think there's a little bit of, uh, of racist tones in that uh, in what? that ad. Don't you think that you got the black guy going, yo, yo, yo? It was like, eh, come on. No, uh, I did not feel that. Or the when a- I watched Asian that. guy, <laughs> the Asian guy says "ho ho ho," and his, his lips move in a different. That was that was out of sync deliberately, I think. No, yeah, I think get so. out of here. I think so. That was no. I think that was an attempt to, for di- diversity. <laughs> it was in 1989. <laughs> yeah, sure, that existed in 89. I can confirm to you that uh, the big one of the major controversies in advertising when I entered Crecom, so we're talking 93 was a Beatrice ad campaign here in the city of Winnipeg on the side of buses that showed babies' faces, and there was no face of color in those. Uh, in really? Those, yes. That no. seems like very progressive for the time. That oh, yeah, like but it was uh, took took the city by a storm. Uh, People, uh, that, well, I'm saying the reaction seems oh, progressive. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what oh, I mean. yeah, yeah. In, in, yeah. in advance of what we would now, which what we, of course we would expect, would be 
for people to notice that but but it was less common for people to notice that then but they did and it was uh remember that was like that went on for weeks huh that controversy interesting and of course beatrice is a major brand uh doing a local out of home campaign right so um probably was like that across canada Interesting. I've got one yeah. more ad here, and this is one I just found while I was doing some research for this episode. I really like it, though. And then Coca-Cola, we should mention, Coca-Cola yeah. has always, not always, but very for a very, very long time, uh, made themselves synonymous with Christmas. They, of course, uh, created the modern image of Santa Claus that we all know and love, the, uh, the red suit with the white uh, trim, big white beard, that whole thing. There's actually a video. I'll post that in the show notes as well, explaining how that all happened. With a, It was a Coca-Cola ad that somebody created. Um, and uh, so ever since then, they've kind of really pushed their their brand at, at Christmas time. Uh, you can, to the point where you can even you can probably get like most two liters of Coke will be a buck mm-hmm. at this point. They really like they want people drinking Coca Cola at uh, Christmas time. So it's a big part of their their uh, marketing campaign. So here's an uh, ad from 1989. Oops, I gotta get the sound up. Trust me, kiddo. Show me what it's all about. I got a good feeling about Tell this. The story so they're going into Rockefeller Center. Remember they call it Coke Classic? It's a grandpa and, and a, a grandson. They're putting a, a fruitcake, planting a fruitcake in a pot. Magic pine cone. I thought he was going to dump some Coke in there, but he doesn't. He just takes a swig of Coke. The Rockefeller Center tree. So he makes that kid think that he grew it. What a liar. <laughs> a, a happy uh, a happy relationship with your grandchildren based on lies, on a bedrock of lies. Hey, yesterday on NBC Nightly News, they did the, uh, the, the story of the tree coming to Rockefeller Center. And I always find that a sad story because it's a tree that has... Because it's so big, it has inevitably been a tree for 300 years or something. It's, it's really like, old, yeah. Right, right. So they go and they chop the sucker down and they bring it to Rockefeller Center. And then they're like, let's all celebrate this tree we just k- killed that we just chopped down <laughs> in the era of climate change. Let's have a celebration of this uh, tree's life, which we killed. Does it? Does it does yeah, it's just know. me. This year, it's funny. Here in Winnipeg, they decided not to go with an, uh, a real tree yeah. because all of our tree cutting staff were busy after we had a big storm that that knocked yeah. down a bunch of trees last month. So, um, so they're, they're all treed out. They're all too busy doing that still. Yeah. Um, and so they went with a fake. So they got a big fake tree over at City Hall, and I think oh, that's fine. I think we should just yeah. keep doing that. Like, just why would you buy a fake tree for one year? And to, yeah. Like, keep reusing it. We don't yeah. need to do uh, new. Although I'm a, I'm a big advocate for real trees myself. Like, I've always you loved. Are? Yeah, for sure. I love uh, having I, real I, trees. I feel too guilty. I, I think I do. grow these specifically for Christmas. They don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think. But don't we need, do we not need more trees to help us with our carbon dioxide emissions problem? I don't know. I think we need as many trees as possible. Well, they, these trees do their job until it comes time to cut them down and use them for Christmas, and then and then they're recycled. Uh, they're biodegradable. I, I they're not. They're not going to contribute to a landfill. Between you know? that and your reindeer coat, those fake trees are going to stay trees. in the landfill for 
decades. Those are never going to decompose. You also believe that killing reindeer for a coat is okay, though, Dan. I, I've seen you in your big winter reindeer <laughs> coat with the with with the real fur. That's where those Tim Hortons donuts come from. <laughs> Those 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 new uh, Tim Hortons Rudolph donuts they oh, come they, they actually no. come from Rudolph they actually chop noses that's right. off that's uh, right oh, oh Rudolph anyway that's all I have so was there anything else you didn't remember anything I gave you this assignment earlier this week and you're like, I did nope. but it, but it's too recent I mean there, yeah no tell me tell me oh there is an Apple ad from uh, that's in this year's Can Lions reel that I saw a year ago and Apple uh, every year Apple releases a Christmas ad this one share your gifts. That's the one. Right, that that is a wonderful ad. Is it a long so, one? It, well, it's three minutes long. So, again, we're not going to watch the whole thing, but we'll just know so to get called, the sense. It's called... Like, Apple can afford the world's greatest animation. It's this like is like Pix- Pixar-level yeah, animation. Yeah, it is Pixar. Pixar probably did it. She's got this giant sweater on. So this is in the uh, award-winning Cannes Film Reel uh, 2018. Oh, actually, a nice little puppy there. What's going on here? I know that's what you got to. Oh, it's a good song. Aww. <laughs> Now you have to watch this whole thing. I know you got to watch it. It's really good. This is a great piece of uh, advertising. You can actually play this before a Pixar feature. Yeah, it's like a short. Dog blew everything out. Uh oh. Oh no, it all goes flying. All her keepsakes. Dropping all of her papers everywhere. Just get the one that's flying away. This animation is actually better than some animated films. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. What is on the paper? I don't know. What are you reading? What is this? Are we ever going to find out? Well, here we'll see. You're not. I know. Oh, my goodness. Wow. How about that? We never find out what the hell is on that paper. That's incredible. A, but that's that's what makes it compelling. I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah, what does it. Say, I guess you can say that. All yeah. right. Well, there you go. That's a nice way so to I, end. I like that one. And uh, <laughs> the only other ones I can think of were the Target musical ones from right. way back in the day. But yeah. That, but they, they, did, they, they would do that every year. Yeah. It would be like a little uh, and it's musical also, number. It's also worth noting that when I did some research for this, there's a, a huge demand for this kind of stuff in the UK. Like if you look at best Christmas TV ads online – 
most of them are going to be in the UK because Christmas is a huge deal there, and they have a tradition of going all out for their Christmas ads. Yeah. So, but I, I'm not familiar with any of them. It's all brands like Sainsburys and stuff like that. I have no idea yeah. uh, what this stuff is. So, if any of our friends or listeners are, are in the UK, you might want to send us some links to some of your favorite Christmas ads. But you know, as we're as we get closer and closer to uh, to the big day, and we're starting to do our holiday shopping, um, this is just something to keep in mind. If you guys, if anybody sees any. Interesting Christmas ads out there. If we still have these kinds of things, let us know and we'll uh, share them with everybody. Sounds good. All right, let's get into some recommendations for the week. What do you, you guys go, want you to talk about? First. Um, I'm going to recommend, uh, this is another Disney Plus. Uh, I've not been watching a ton on Disney Plus, to be fair. I've been watching, of course, The Mandalorian. And I got down a uh, DuckTales rabbit hole the other day. I found uh, an arc of stories on DuckTales that was a fun, um, it was the creation of Gizmo Duck. Uh, which I, I really, really remember, remember really clearly from when I was a kid. Um, but what I do want to recommend is a series, documentary series called The Imagineering Story, which is on Disney Plus. Uh, and it's just basically, a, a, uh, I don't know how many episodes there are. There are five episodes in now, and I don't know how many they're going to be. They're about an hour long each, and it just tells the story of the Disney Imagineers and the creation of those theme oh, parks. It's really yeah. interesting. Um, I want to see that. You know, you get really insight into why they started doing it, why Walt Disney created Disneyland, where they went from there after he died. Of course, he died before Disney World was opened. So how did they, you know, they have a whole episode called What Would Walt Do? And they tried to, and then did, the whole company kind of went into a bit of a tailspin during that period because nobody knew what to do because Walt was gone. Um, inter- another interesting point in the documentary is they talk about um, uh, Splash Mountain, how they created Splash Mountain, why they chose Song of the South, to theme that ride after, mm-hmm. and, and it's funny because it's narrated by Angela Bassett, and she calls it a troublesome film called "Song of the South." But you, the film, the film or the song is troublesome. The film is troublesome. Oh, the yeah. song is okay. Zippity Doodah is okay. Um, but the reason they did that is because they actually had to recycle some singing and dancing animal animatronics from a different ride that they were retiring. So they had all these animals that could be programmed to sing. So they made them all characters in this world of Rare Rabbit, Rare Fox, and they made the ride Splash Mountain. So that's that's the main reason why they chose Song of the South as the theme for that ride before anybody really criticized it for being racist, which of course it now is. But this was like in the late 70s, early 80s when they did this. So kind of an interesting story there. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. They talk about Euro Disney. They talk about the Japan Disney. I'm sure they're going to get to the Star Wars stuff eventually. Um, it's really fun to watch uh, cool. how they do that. So yeah, the Imagineering story on uh, Disney+. Plus. Check Very it out. Very nice. Yeah. I will. Um, I watched uh, Martin Scorsese's latest film. And I, I don't want to say it out loud. Uh, how do you pronounce it? The Irishman? The Irishman. That's what I say too. What? What's? How else uh, would you see it? Well, I saw something on the news last night, and they said the Irishman. Oh God, he is the, he is an Irish man, but I think it's the Irishman. I think it's the uh, way you say it. That's how I've been saying it. And okay. then uh, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. It was a, it was a know nothing reporter clearly okay. who's, who who dropped Irish that. Irishman. I just wanted to hear what you how you said. <laughs> um, What'd you think? Uh, it's long. Yeah. It is long. I couldn't get. I I got twenty minutes in and I turned it off. You know what? It's it might have been better done in three chapters. Well, there's actually if you look online, yeah. you can find somebody shared with us a way that you can watch it as a mini series. So it tells you where to stop it in the middle, so you can watch like 49 minutes and then watch another yeah. hour or so. So you can divide it into four parts that way. My issue with it, I will watch it of course, but yeah. my main issue is I can't get past what's supposed to be a young Robert De Niro does not look like a young Robert De Niro. Right, it's like we know what Robert De Niro looked like when he was young. We've seen him as an actor from back in the 70s. 
He does not look like that in this film, even with the de-aging stuff that goes on. It's ridiculous. And they try to make Joe Pesci so much older than him. Why would they do that? I don't understand why they did that. I, no? did, I, I didn't. That didn't bother me as much. It uh, bothers me. I read a review that says the same thing that you, that you feel about it. But I, I, I and may, so maybe I, and I actually read read it before I saw the film, so I was expecting horrible. Okay. And I, and I actually thought it was fine, but maybe that's because I thought it was going to be a nightmare and it was actually not it was i didn't find it to be nightmarish okay but i like seeing all those actors together yeah that's the best part is seeing yeah. all those actors i like seeing together. joe pesci back on the screen to be honest it's oh, been too yeah. long since we've seen joe pesci yeah. he's pretty much retired now so he only comes out of retirement for marty yeah. but uh and i mean i will watch it i'm just uh just have the time right now there's too it's, much other stuff going on it is a long haul and i it actually as i was watching it i thought this could be this year's roma that that the, the film that cleans up it's, it's undeniably beautiful filmmaking. There's no doubt about that. But that most people don't make it to the end of. <laughs> right. I do. I think I think that's yeah. the case. And yeah. I think Roma, that was the case with Roma too. I liked Roma. I didn't think there was anything. But it was a bit of a haul to get there to, to make it to the I end. I have to confess I didn't make it to the end of Roma. See, there you go. <laughs> so. So, so basically what we're saying is that The Irishman is Oscar material. That's exactly. That's if, you, right. if you can't watch the whole movie, it's going to get an Oscar. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of The Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabunker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass.